0: Hey there, this is Muiwa Matuluko, Editor-in-Chief of TechPoint Africa. The recording you're about to listen to is a panel session titled Secure Digital Currencies for the Future of Africa. This was at uh, TechPoint Build 2020 in August. The first voice you'll be hearing is that of the moderator, Damilola Odufuwa. She's the head of PR at Binance, and she will introduce the other speakers. Enjoy!
1: Hi everyone, thank you for joining in. This is the Secure Digital Con- uh, digital Currencies for the Future of Africa panel. Um, I'm just waiting for a few more panelists to join and then we'll kick start. Hi, Marius, hi, Pedro. We're just waiting for Eric and then we will begin. Okay. So while we wait for him, we we only have 30 minutes for this panel. So thank you all for being here with me today. This is definitely going to be an interesting conversation. So let me introduce everyone. For those who don't know, we've got Yele Badamose on the top left corner, um, who is the founder of Microtraction and Bundle Africa. We've got Marius in the top right corner, Marius Reitz, who's so the general manager for Africa at Luno. We've got Federo abouje I'm so sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. Aboujé. Aboujé, and he is the CEO of Patricia Technologies, and we've got our last panelist, Eric Adan, CEO of Qubit X. Thank you guys for joining me today.
2: Thank you. Okay, I I good.
1: So when we talk about digital currencies, a lot of the things that we usually discuss are Bitcoin or crypto, because mm-hmm. that's what most people are familiar with. Um, but I want to start by getting to know you all a bit better. If you could all just tell us, how did you get into the crypto and blockchain space? Um, Yali, let's start with you.
3: I uh, heard about Bitcoin in 2012, um, but I didn't get very deep into the space until 20. 20- 16 or 17, this was before the ICO um, era. Um, and I made my investment into a Bitcoin company or crypto experience called Bycoins. um And I think after that, I became deeply enamored by the space once I understood the overall potential of the technology. Um, and yeah, kind of committed the next, I don't know how long, trying to make crypto go mainstream on the continent. So that's kind of like my crypto story.
1: Great, thank you. Marius, let's hear about your story.
4: Yeah, thanks so much. Um, my crypto journey started in 2015. Um, it was actually by chance, uh, I was on the lookout for a new challenge um, when one of Luno's co-founders reached out to me to join the finance team. So so for the first while after joining them, I, I still had to wear my accounting or my finance cap. Um, uh, but it, it was very really early on still in the Luno story. I think we were a team of 10 or 15 people um, uh, based at, at, a, at a tiny office in Cape Town. So, so. So naturally, everyone jumps on board and, and it's all hands on deck at a startup business. So I started to take responsibility for the Nigerian operations market um, after we launched there in 2015. So started to travel across Africa and first experience experienced the, the challenges that we as Africans face from a remittance and e-commerce perspective, mm-hmm. uh, financial inclusion, security. Um, and, and just to see where all the value ends up and, and basically in the pockets of intermediaries and, and centralized organizations. So I'm very passionate about the value that crypto can unlock for people across the globe, but in particular, Africans.
1: Great, thank you. All right, so tell us, how did you get into crypto and blockchain? And let's try to keep our answers to about a minute so that we have time for more questions.
2: So my journey starts in yeah, summer 2016. Uh, a friend of mine in Abuja, um, invited me to a meeting and i was introduced to some something called something about blockchain and then our journey started i go mm-hmm. back home and i couldn't sleep it was uninteresting to me mm-hmm. i read i read i researched and started my journey my area on the blockchain so i concluded that blockchain is not just a technology it is psychological it is uh, Philosophical, it is economical, uh, it is freedom, liberty. And that's how I have seen the blockchain and uh, pushing it across the continent. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Phaedra?
5: Okay, well, I think uh, I started with technology at first, not, uh, not Bitcoin or blockchain or crypto. And um, I first found Bitcoin in 2013,
0: and wow. I knew there
5: was something special about it. And immediately I started making a lot of research around it and the possibilities around it. I found some bloodlines. I found some great ideas that nobody was actually building around crypto. And I went ahead in 2017 to found Patricia to solve all of these problems.
1: Awesome. So that means you are actually the, of all of us, you've been in the crypto space the long 2013 is a bit its early, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, you can yeah. say that. Um, I actually realized I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Damio Dufour, and I'm the head of PR for Binance in Africa. Binance is also a crypto exchange, um, similar to some of the platforms on here. And I've actually been in the crypto space for about a year, roughly. Um, So I'm a newbie as well. But it's been very, very... Education, and eye-opening to see the various use cases of crypto, and specifically financial inclusion. So that leads me to my next question. I'd like Marius to answer this. You mentioned, you know, remittances as kind of one of the use cases of crypto in Africa. What are the other um, use cases you see, particularly in the countries where you know crypto is more popular—Nigeria, South Africa, Ghana—and how do you think these might evolve um, in the future?
4: Yeah, thanks for the question. I think broadly speaking, um, we are still in, in in phase one of the next stage of the, the evolution of money. So I think this is where people find out about cryptocurrency um, for the first time and, and mostly enter the market as investors or as speculators. So I think although this isn't what many people want it to be, it's still very important for us to to first reach a critical mass of investors and speculators uh, before we can look at things like payment networks and and really see mass adoption on this front. So I think we will only start seeing network effects once we've reached that critical mass of users so so um, but 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 currently. The growth we will see across Africa, I think, will be from a grassroots level up, not from the top down. I think where, where people find value in using crypto instead of their local currency, for example, remittances, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because of dollar scarcity or because of operational issues, then they will use it. So so, so as it is, the primary use case uh, for, for cryptocurrency is still in speculation or investment. But we're seeing more and more people and businesses looking into the remittance use case for crypto, especially in Africa.
1: Got it. Thank you. Well, congratulations on the success of Bundle, actually. I, I saw um your recent statistics and you've been able to reach, you know, over thirty thousand users and you know increasing your trading volume. And that brings me to my next question still for you, which is, you know, you've been described as like the Venmo of crypto in Africa. Um, and social payments is a, is a core part of your focus. In what ways do you think social payments might evolve in Africa and why was that so important for you to have that function?
3: Yeah, I think for us, it was really about trying to give an opportunity to experience the initial idea behind crypto, right, which was an alternative form of money and way to pay and get paid, right? So um, for us, we didn't want to build social payments as a active thought, we made it to the front of the application at its core. Um, and... I think it gets really interesting is when we begin to launch in other countries and users who have some crypto asset and send value to someone else in another country and they get it instantaneously and they can exit that asset into fiat or choose to keep the asset and use it on the platform itself right so um it's still it's still really early days it's definitely not you know i wouldn't call bundle a success yet you know some of these guys on the call like Patricia Luno and QBDX have been around for us and we are learning from, from every single body. Um, but, you know, I think for Bondo, our focus is really saying how do we make crypto mainstream, how do we identify use cases that the average African on the street can use yeah. without complexity.
1: Okay, great. Um, something that you and Mario have both mentioned is kind of the ease of use for... Um, cryptocurrencies. And that really brings me to you, figure A lot of people had, have, have discovered crypto over the past few years, but specifically the fact that Patricia was on Big Brother Nigeria um, in the past few weeks was a big talking point in the crypto space. So I really want to know, I have two questions for you, but I'll start with the first one. You know, when we talk about financial, free, uh, financial freedom for all, you know, that has to be done through Crypto becoming more mainstream. In what ways do you think we can make crypto more mainstream and attractive to the average person?
5: Well, it's very interesting that you ask this question because to that, Patricia, that's at the core of what we do. Um so today people understand Bitcoin, they know about Bitcoin, but they don't really know the use cases of Bitcoin. What can I use Bitcoin for? And um we have increased the use cases around Bitcoin in the sense that. All you need to do is um, get the Patricia app and you could literally buy airtime with Bitcoin. You could use Bitcoin to pay bills. You could use Bitcoin for internet subscription. And that, that makes it more, more um, brings it home, basically. Because now you can interact with it. We, we, um, we just launched a, a card sometime this year. And it's the first Bitcoin card in Africa where you could literally withdraw Bitcoin from ATMs and, and um, you could spend Bitcoin on more and all of that. And this, this um, basically harnesses the power of the blockchain technology with mm-hmm. the existing banking infrastructure to make the Bitcoin more acceptable and increase the use case of Bitcoin. And that's exactly what we're doing at Patricia.
1: So what inspired the decision to, you know, have um, a crypto segment on Big Brother Nigeria, which is one of the most watched shows?
5: Yeah, so um, as Patricia, we like to do the most. And um, what other we do the most than to be on the largest show in, 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 the, in the country? And um, we did that because we wanted to deepen the conversation around cryptocurrency And um, we tailored our tax during the shows to to educate users around the use cases around Bitcoin. So it's not an asset class that seems foreign. It's something Mm -hmm. you could actually use with your day to day lives, you know, to buy airtime, to pay bills. So you don't have to just send or receive it. You could actually apply Bitcoin to your everyday life. And even after the, the show, the conversation still continues. And um, basically, we did this one for the ecosystem, for the ecosystem in Africa. Awesome. Hi,
2: my name is Emmanuel Paul, and I cover tech policies for TechPoint Africa. Like many Nigerians, the economy and our currency does not fill me with confidence. Well, you don't have to take my word for it. A Google search of the Naira of Nigerian recession presents a sad narrative. But there's a new trend emerging. Nigeria ranks 8 in the world for crypto adoption and leads the rest of Africa by a wide margin. TechPoint Africa will be hosting the brightest minds in the crypto sector at the maiden edition of the Digital Currency Summit, tagged Building the Money of the Future. It will feature two conferences that will be of interest to either business people or technical geeks. Attendance will be exclusive, so if you're interested in building the money of the future, go grab a ticket now at currency.techpoint.africa.
1: I'll move on to you, Marius. Something that Yeli mentioned was about fiat and crypto um, intersecting. Um, And that's something that you're doing, you know, Binance does and a few other publications do. Um, do Why do you think it's so important for us in the crypto space to offer fiat options? And how do you see uh, traditional finance and crypto intersecting?
4: Yes, I think our mission at Luno is to upgrade the world to a better financial system. So so effectively, what it is that we're doing now is we are building a bridge between the existing system, which is the rands, the naras, the, the dollars that we have in our pockets, and a future financial system that we think will involve something like decentralized currency. And, and, and at this point, Bitcoin being, uh, seems to be the best option as it is. So, so I think um, to, to build that bridge, to offer that bridge to ordinary person on the street, very important is that they... They need to be able to buy crypto with their fiat currency. That is the need that we need to solve. People don't want to buy crypto with crypto. Not the ordinary guy on the street. Yes, the more yeah. tech savvy guys trading. So I think it's it's very important um, for for us to recognise that that need, especially in Africa, across various African markets, and and, and that's very important for us to add, to, to build that on ramp for our customers.
1: Okay, awesome. Thank you. Eric, welcome back. I have a question for you. Um, you kind of talked about, you know, when you were entering the crypto space, you did a lot of research um, and you, you did the work that you, for yourself. In what ways do you think we can improve um, crypto education or blockchain education in Africa? And how do you think this can accelerate economic growth?
2: Well, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, for me, uh, and okay. I so, um, thank you for the question. So, for me, for me, uh for me, one of, we are yeah, one of the inspiration and motivation for us at Cubitex and for the team. We see, Qubitex, um, blockchain, blockchain, uh, blockchain as uh, one of amazing, uh, innovations beyond, yeah, beyond innovation. Yeah, blockchain. Yeah, so, yeah, for me, for blockchain is not just a technology. Blockchain has to do with how our philosophical framework is it's, it's structured it's the psychological framework of the continent africa economic political. so one of the things we have done in, in in is if you check in africa we will leapfrog technology a lot and africa is the first con- continent to introduce mobile money from kenya for co- mpesa co- uh, today the last um 11 years from ghana mobile money has seen over five 500 financial inclusion in ghana Done over 30 billion in in transaction. So the question is, blockchain can enable us to connect. I
1: think we've lost Lost Eric. Oh, I was really enjoying his answer, but we can come back to him. um, Let's kind of move on to the macroeconomic space right now and just the economy in general across the world. The pandemic has affected everyone mostly negatively. But what we're seeing in the crypto spaces, it's had a positive effect on digital currencies. So loads of articles are talking about, you know, Nigeria's search for crypto being the highest in the world. South Africa and Nigeria have high ownership, uh, while they also have high unemployment. Um, and, you know, we have really high inflation across Africa. Currency devaluation is a problem. What do you all expect to see in the crypto space over the next quarter based on what we're seeing um, in the global economy? Um, anyone can answer first. So should we go with Fajiro?
5: Well, firstly, um, we would see more institutions turning to cryptocurrency for cross-border payments uh, because we have inflation being a big problem against the dollar. So we have uh, the Naira value going up, the, the, the um, Rands, CDs, all against the dollar. They are not performing well. So yeah. we'll see more institutions tweeting towards that, um, that um, crypto, basically. At the same time, we will see the, the rise of stable coins. Because um, consumers would also need some sort of comfort, and stable coins provide that set comforts comfort um, to them. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see some bull runs that would know, make investors and make us happier in the crypto Yeah, <laughs> <know that>. Yeah, but <laughs> so, yeah. well, ultimately, ultimately, I would yeah. yeah. expect the adoption of crypto to deepen. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, Yele and Marius, um, what do you expect to see in the crypto space in the next quarter?
4: Marius can go and I'll go after you. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I think so. So, at the end of March, when the when the global markets crashed, I think think uh, Bitcoin crashed together with gold and with stocks and commodities, etc. Um, but, but but I think since then we've seen a semi decoupling um, from the, the the stock market, and many people have been buying. Bitcoin as an inflation is primarily so so I, I expect that trend to continue we're seeing more institutional in- investors like scale receiving record inflows I think just under a billion dollars um, in Q2 this year so I, I expect that investors looking for positive yields, investors looking at Bitcoin as an inflation needs, I, I expect that to continue over the next quarter or two um, but then we've also seen interest from the retail sector in the crypto space mm-hmm. with players such as PayPal um, looking at cryptocurrency um, are they can integrate cryptocurrency into the into the payments model. So, so I think we'll see more retailers and, and more, more payment um, payment uh, channels to, to also uh, um, accept cryptocurrency for payments.
1: Right. Okay.
4: I think
3: you know um, both um, future and Myers have kind of said the main things. Um, for me, the last couple of months have been extremely bullish for the future of crypto because. When the rest of the market and every single asset in the world went down in March, um, crypto was the first, certainly Bitcoin was the first to rebound. Um, I mean, look at, you know, what has happened, within some of the smaller assets as well and altcoins. We've seen sort of like you know, tremendous growth in there as well. And so, you know, what, what's going to happen is that more and more companies are launching. Um, the number of players in Nigeria alone, that have been launched in the last 24 months is insane. we has been the same thing in South Africa, in Kenya, in Ghana, and across the world. So I think all of these activities drive more people into the space um, and make me very long-term bullish about the future of t assets. So um, in in my mind, the way I think about things is that the, the non-custodial government, um, so or let me say pure centralization, um, would continue to grow and be on the forefront of innovation. And then platforms like ours, Patricia, with XNumero are the ones who would, you know, almost act as bridges to allow both um, retail and hopefully in Africa over time, more institutions come in as well. You know, we've definitely seen on our end more institutional um, asking us about how to get their crypto and, you know, what they can do given the regulations and things like that. And for me, that was like, that was the first time this year I've experienced that in Africa, um, so I think, like like I said, I'm both short-term and long-term bullish on on on, on the um, future of our crypto, both in Africa and the world.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. So I have two more questions um, for you guys before we go into the questions from the audience. Um, Eric, I want to ask you this one. So we're seeing high unemployment across Africa, specifically Nigeria, South Africa, I think it's about 20%. And we're also seeing a lot of people losing jobs due to COVID. And a lot of interest has been on crypto trading or getting into the crypto space in general um, as a career. What advice would you give to crypto enthusiasts looking to start their own blockchain or crypto platforms or just simply entering the space?
2: Oh, thank you. So uh, my internet, sorry, my internet has been very poor. So let me just quickly um, go on. Now. So what we are doing at Qubitest, um through our KBS wallets is that uh, beyond crypto, beyond digital cu- currency, how do we for example today we see how devalued our currencies are naira cd shilling so how do we make digital assets become on top of the conversation technology will always drive before before uh, regulation so the question you ask one of the key things we have done is able to use your naira okay to to travel to ghana for example without a need to buy a, a foreign currency the same way with COVID-19, you have seen that there is increase of editech, um, online ed- education. So we are provide a platform where we believe that blockchain as a tool can be used to create new educational tool. Where somebody in Zimbabwe, a smart young kid in Zimbabwe, can provide a tool and uh, to provide education to somebody in Chad or Niger Republic or Benin, and it, believing that he can receive payment instantly using a blockchain as a tool. What today is not available, we have mobile money penetration in Africa, in East Africa, in West Africa, Ghana. But the only thing that the techo has not been able to do because we have 54 different um, monetary regulation, 54 different fiscal policies. So what crypto and blockchain does is to bridge, is to create an anchor where I can send somebody instant money. We see that, oh, I can provide a service to uh, to Yale in Nigeria, and my payment will not delay. My payment will not take 22, I every mean, two days or plus. So what we are doing at but uh, we believe that young people in Africa, what they should be looking at, they should see the blockchain as just a technology. It's a tool, just like the internet. Internet was a tool. Internet didn't create Google, Internet didn't create e-commerce, but people use the internet as a tool to create all the things that we know today the Facebook, the WhatsApp. So blockchain is another tool that has been created. But beyond it, it's actually a massive innovation that people should begin to look at it beyond the speculation, beyond crypto, at the bulls and the mooning and all those things. Let's now begin to look at it holistically. How can I use the blockchain as a tool to create a solution like education, create a solution like payment or travel, travel and talk? Yeah, from today, you own your digital currency like KBS wallet, you just load your Naira, it's tokenized in the form of um, token, and then you go to Kenya, Kenya, for example, you spend, you don't need dollar or you don't need shillings or you don't need pounds or euro. We must begin to think Africa, we must still the work for Africa. And Africa, we are ahead of the, of the game. For the first time in in history, blockchain is only technology that do not have patents, And therefore, Africans must begin to see ourselves as straight, build our own solution in the context of Africa. What is working in China may not work in, 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 in Nigeria, in Africa. Yes. Let's build things that will actually work in the context of Africa, using the blockchain as a powerful tool to build solutions, travel with our own wallet, without carrying money yeah. in our pockets, travel to ghana nigeria using a wallet like kbs wallet and load your money and spend and we reduce the amount of pressure on the naira our uh, dollar yeah. naira the amount of pressure on the city so these are the things for me i am I'm advocating for young people to see the blockchain not just as trading speculation yeah. or boo dfi icu for me it's just a slogan it will die but the name yeah yeah awesome thank
1: you so my last question before we take from the um Audience is really short, and I really love if ELA and Faith Hill could answer this. We're seeing a lot of um, what scares people about crypto, the average person is fraud, scams, because that's what they see on the news. And I know a lot of us are doing things to combat that. So, I, for example, at Binance, we just launched the Crypto Safe Alliance, which is supposed to combat fraud globally. But what more do you think we can do in our uh, various countries to combat this misinformation around crypto and especially reduce the? crypto scam situation. Uh, Fedor, do you want to go first?
5: Okay, sure. Um, Well, as odd as this may sound, I would say regulation. And I would say regulation because if the APEX authority puts out a memo and the memo says Patricia, Luno, Bundle, and Cubitex are the only licensed people to trade cryptocurrency in, in, say, Nigeria, for example, automatically it gives comfort to the users Right. So they know, oh, if I want to do this, I can go to these people and they are licensed to do this. As opposed to, to now, when anybody anywhere could just pick up a phone and say, oh, this is what I do, or this is how I do it, and you get picked up at the end. So um, regulation would be able to play that role in terms of sanitizing the audience and the mass in general. But I hope okay. that when that time comes, it's more of a handshake between us and, um, you know, Bayfix. <laughs> Yeah, the government. Yes,
1: exactly. Thank you, Yele. And what are your thoughts on that? Um, is it self-regulation, government regulation? What else can we do around combating scams?
3: So I think, you know, um, I do I do kind of agree with Federer as well in terms of, you know, how regulation might help. Although, as we've seen, we have sort of like parallel markets in, 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 in FX, even though you have the BDCs that are licensed to trade um, FX, people still use parallel markets, and we all have a whole economy for moving between naira and 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 the dollar. I think the second thing that I would definitely add is just more education. Um, you know, we've seen some users on bundles who join Telegram groups and unfortunately get scammed. Or we hear about so many. There are about three or four big ones that are happening, like right now. And we keep educating our users in terms of saying that, you know, you can definitely make money by trading or investing or holding crypto, but you you don't want to be greedy because it's the greed that drives people to fall for these scams. where yeah. it's clear that this doesn't this sounds too good to be true.
1: Be true. Yeah. So when something
3: sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't <laughs> so 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 that's kinda of like that uh, that element, right? Um where you know a combination of 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 regulation, that's going to be by, you know, the you know some regulating body or self-regulation from the from from the um companies in the space, or we educating the average person about crypto and where you can safely buy crypto and how you can safely participate in the space.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Yale. So let's answer. We've got about five minutes left, and we're going to use that for questions, and I'm going to direct them to various people in in the panel. Um, The first question, Marius, I'd love it if you could take this, because it's still about regulation. What provisions are you making for potential regulator impact on your business operations?
4: Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, I think broadly speaking, we are pro. Um, we are we, we are at a very critical intersection between the current financial system and the future and banks still play a very important role um, as it is. So, so I think from our perspective, we took the decision back in 2013 when we launched in South Africa and in 2015 in Nigeria to, to follow a, a, a sort of an approach of self um, regulating the platform. So so since then we've we've collected information about our customers, KYC know your customer. It's very important um, from an A perspective, money laundering, it's very important to know who your customers are and, and to, to ensure that you operate a safe platform. Um, and to, pr- to protect genuine customers from scammers, et cetera. So, so we've positioned ourselves um, to, to already comply with regulations. We are re- registered with the NFIU and, and similar financial intelligence centers across Africa and, and work with them on a, on a weekly basis almost. So, so I think from our side, um, we think it's the, it's the right thing to do, um, and I think it'll benefit our customers in the long run.
1: Okay, thank you. Next question, Yele, could you please answer this one? Do you see DeFi, decentralized finance ecosystems working for Africa? As a lot of users still find complications with blockchain technology in Africa.
3: Yeah, um I think like DeFi and Africa, uh, it's a combination. Um, obviously, right now, we don't necessarily have any protocols. Uh, maybe there are one or two that uh, are in Africa, but I think it's a huge opportunity to um, use some of these ideas to. Um, enable access to credit for millions of, of Africans. So, um, don't really give too much away yet, but like, it's really something we're thinking about at Bundle in terms of saying, um, how can we make it easy for people to have access to that credit? Um, within, you know, ideas that we've seen from, um, decentralized finance building. Um, and I'm sure, uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's a Bundle or some of these guys on this call, I'm sure a number of us are thinking about You know, how do we take these ideas that are happening globally, but then, you know, productivize or localize it for Africa in useful ways since we have, you know, um, let me say, maybe not supportive, but an enabling regulatory environment.
1: Okay, great. Um, Eric, could you please answer this question from one of our audience members? So he's asking, can you hear me, Eric? okay when and when and how can africa leverage on the mining profits of blockchain not only usage.
2: well so if you look at the whole thing bitcoin is the very first product out of blockchain right it's the first product so i i make this analogy that the first that is the first it doesn't mean that it is going to be the only thing in out there so mm-hmm. i uh, i want to uh, suggest that look um, blockchain has so many things like um um Bando uh, said um really said we need to begin to look at how do we use this thing it's not just about mining for example today if you want to mine bitcoin you need serious serious investments but can you use the bitcoin for example the blockchain to kind of tokenize your yam in, in um the, the, your tomato in in, in Bauchi, your yam um markets in ghana or cocoa in ghana or your fish market in Sierra Leone? this is a thing that is possible on the blockchain you don't need so much investment to tokenize this asset we can tokenize our, our gold for example africa has all the resources but africa is still the poor country in the in the world why because we depend solely on the on the direction of the west this is an opportunity for us now to use the blockchain as a powerful tool to tokenize our assets your tomato your yam your cocoa your coffee your tea your, your banana, your gold, so that we can be able to, t- to trade it without any entrances, peer to peer. Because the first instruction of the blockchain, Bitcoin blockchain, was an electronic peer to peer value transfer. That means that we can tokenize anything of value. And our stock exchange in Nigeria can tokenize all the assets. And some of us, yeah. and you could be told, we are built an infrastructure for the uh, for entire Africa where we can tokenize anything that has a name. So, this is a Thank thing that agree. people should begin to look at that we Thank can you. be able to harmonize and handle the potential of the blockchain. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Eric. Sorry I have to rush you. I just want to take the last question. Phaedra, if you could please answer this. It's okay. specifically about Nigeria. Someone is asking, what can you say about the Central Bank of Nigeria's declaration about using blockchain and AI to facilitate payment solutions in Nigeria?
5: Well, firstly, I do not know how true that is, but if it were to be true, it would be awesome because yeah. I feel like <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's high time that Nigeria and Africa, we, are uh, we, we, we take a global stage of technology and technology is not, um, Bitcoin is not bounded by geography. So it could literally, um, we could, we could own it. It, it could be our, our, our exports. Oh, I think home. we've been
1: taken backstage. Okay. Can I continue? I think we're yes, backstage i think we're you back yeah? okay no great. you're live. you're live. okay great <laughs> awesome sorry Phaedra. please go ahead well
5: so i think if if, this, if the cbn is looking towards the direction my only um take here is let us build it cbn allow us build it we will do a killer job building this solution because it's what we know is what we do best so let us yeah. do the most on this for you guys and for the country and drive economic growth
1: great yeah. thank you all Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Yele, Marius, Eric, and Pedro. Thank you for your time. Thank you to everyone who listened to this panel on Secure Digital Currencies for the Future of Africa. My name is Damio Dufour, and I was your moderator. Thank you. Thank you,
2: guys. Thank you, guys, so, so much. much. Thank you for this was an awesome us. session. You can see the audience giving you all the likes.
1: That yeah. clap.
2: <laughs> Giving you a round of applause for that. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you So you, you can for go the next stage now. No problem. Thank awesome.
1: you. hi. Awesome. Bye. Awesome.
2: Bye.
0: There you go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Don't forget that the Digital Currency Summit is holding this week on the 25th of March in Lagos, Nigeria. If you've not gotten a ticket yet, you can at currency.techpoint.africa. We'll put the link in the episode notes. Um, Physical tickets have been sold out so you can only buy to attend virtually. Go ahead and grab a ticket now before it runs out. Catch you there.